This is what those early mornings were for. Every training, every match, every battle, for this moment. This is the moment. Chicharito got there and bounced it. Goal stop. Sends the goal. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a very special playoff edition of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. On October 10th, the LA Galaxy get a 3-1 victory over the Houston Dynamo in Houston over the weekend. That clinched the home playoff game. And of course, now the LA Galaxy getting ready to face Nashville on Saturday at 12 p.m., a 12.08 p.m. kickoff time as of right now on Univision. But you're going to make sure that you're there in the stadium, I'm sure. We've got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the win in Houston. We're going to get you through some of the wrap-up of the 34 games that we have Galaxy now played over the last season. And, of course, I'm sure there'll be some little tidbits, some little morsels of that playoff game coming up against Nashville here very, very soon. To help me... Help me. To help me do all that uh, is a is a is a guy who basically just lost his video right as we were getting ready to start. But we think no, we got him back. Yeah, with all that fancy stuff you were doing. You, you, I, I think I think we finally got you back, Kevin. Are you are you, do we have you? Yes, we got. Yeah, you. it was all that fancy stuff you were doing at the beginning. My sound went out and it was all crackly, and I just had to I had to start over again. Yeah, I know, but you, you see, like the sound's not supposed to be good for you, Kevin. That's not that's not how it works, right? Like, so if the sound is crackly, that's because it's not supposed to be good for you. Well, you it's, good, just... it's good now. Oh, well, that's... Well, I, did course... see, I, did see, I, I did see the part where it said Le- Legends Never Die, and I, I, I took that to mean that that was a reference to Malia Emma coming back. Am I right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Why don't you tell everybody the joke that you said on Twitter? Because you're going to say it anyway. So, um, no, it's, I'm ready. It's, I, if, if I told the joke again, I would have to then kill people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Very good. Uh, I am glad she's coming back. Look, 
The galaxy are undefeated when she when she sings the national anthem. She she did it once. Did she do it once? She's done it twice. No, she done it three twice. times. She did it. She did it. The 2018 game. Okay. Um, that was in September, October. It was against Seattle. They won. Okay. She did the 2019 opener. Mm-hmm. And then she did it. Uh, and the El Trafico when Landon got a statue. Okay. So so those were, galaxy won so, the first two. They tied LAFC. So this is her fourth appearance for the galaxy. Correct. And okay. Um. She was the only person in ML, affiliated with MLS that Zalatan was impressed by. <laughs> well, her and Efrain Alvarez. That's right. <laughs> that's yeah. right, right. So, and they're so, about the same size. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul already gave us a two dollars super chat and says, "What time will the gates open for tailgating?" You know, I don't know. Do we have that information? I'm trying to sort of see. They gave us some programming information. <clears throat> I'm trying to see. I don't know that they've given us a match day schedule yet of exactly when it goes. Now, we know that the gates into the stadium are going to open two hours before, so they're going to open at 10 a.m. That that they have told us, but I don't know what time tailgating is um, because I don't think we've been we've been given that. But, Paul, we will do our best to uh, to get you all that information. Can you have pupusas whenever. for breakfast? Yeah, of course you can. This okay. see, first of all, you have to understand that one. Yes, you can pretend it's breakfast if you're if you're out there tailgating at ten o'clock, right? You can pretend it's breakfast, or you can just pretend that you're you're just you, you don't care about breakfast. You're just going to go straight to the lunch, straight to the hard liquor. You know all the stuff that you would normally do. I mean, people are going to do that anyway, right? You're, people yeah. are going to be drinking tequila at ten thirty a.m. Right? You know what? A uh, uh, morning drinking leads to morning drunken. <laughs> that's what that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But no, we appreciate that super chat. Okay, LA Galaxy um, three one winners over Houston did something that they've only done one other time all season. Kevin, what was that one? What was it? Come uh, come back after giving up the or conceding the uh, first goal. They that, came back to win. That is come back to win after after giving up the first goal. Who was the other team they did it against? Do you remember? Uh, no, Austin, Austin, they gave up the, they, they gave up the first goal and then, and then came through and got, uh, in in Texas. Yeah. yeah, uh, They've done it two of the three times they were in Texas. Here's, here's another stat. Did you know the last time the galaxy hosted or opened the playoffs at home? Last time they hosted a playoff game was 2016. The last time they opened the playoffs at home was also 2016. And in that game, Mm -hmm. Landon Donovan and Brian Rose started Mm -hmm. Robbie Keane came off the bench. Alan Gordon had, uh, two assists and a goal. Oh, really? That was Ashley Cole playing that game. Uh, Yellow Von Dom. That's how long it's been. That was the RSL. That was the RSL game because then the next game that they played was, was Colorado. Colorado, which Giovanni Dos Santos scored the only, scored the goal, only goal in right, one nothing, and then then it went one nothing away to Colorado, and they lost on penalty kicks. That was 2016. The Steven Gerrard was on that team. Mike McGee, um, uh, Ashley Cole. I said um, it, it. I mean, this is a trip down memory lane. If you want to go back and look at the box score from that game. Um, it's been a long time, as I think is kind of the point. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it, it has been a long time. So the Galaxy get three goals, uh, a goal from uh, Ricky Pooj, a goal from Chicharito, and a goal from Dayan Jovalich as well. So uh, that was at 31 and 32, by the way. Uh, they came just a minute apart, which was kind of fun to watch. Uh, LA Galaxy now solidly in a, we have a starting lineup and it's going to be this every single time unless somebody gets hurt, right? And so what we saw was we saw Grand Sure and Chicha and uh, Douglas Costa up top in a 4-3-3, right? You had Pooj and Brugman and Delgado and what has now become one of the best midfields in Major League Soccer. Uh, a little concerned about Mark Delgado coming out of the game. We'll see if it's anything. Um, we didn't get to talk to Greg Vanny about it. I forgot 
forgot and we were talking about other things. So uh, that one was on me, but we're still trying to find out status and we will know status before the game because I'm sure somebody's going to ask on Thursday um, at the very uh, latest. Uh, you had Edwards and, and, and Casares back there and uh, Koulibaly and Araujo and then Jonathan Bond and Jonathan Bond, Kevin, what distinction does Jonathan Bond have this year? Do you know? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's many, but I'm thinking of one in particular. Um, he started all 34 games. He played every minute of every game in 34 games. Only six players in all of Major League Soccer were able to do that. Only one of them was not a goalkeeper. Uh, and that was, uh, let's see, it was the Philadelphia Union's uh, Jacob uh, Glensis, right? Glesnes. So, so, yes. So Jonathan Bond gets the the Memorial uh, Christian Pavone Leadership Award. <laughs> right, right. Iron play, Man Award. Play every minute of every game, that type of thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was funny, but you had Andre Blake, goalkeeper. Jonathan Bond, goalkeeper. Sean Johnson, goalkeeper. Zach McMath, uh, goalkeeper. Eloy Room, goalkeeper. Uh, all goalkeepers who, who get that. And usually so, you would expect that somebody misses some minutes at some point. Uh, but Jonathan Bond did play every minute of every regular season game in there. So that was fun. Um, to sort of see that get played out again, the three, one uh, victory, the galaxy give up the first goal. Here's the thing though, Kevin, if you were watching this game and I know there's people who love to argue about things like this, so I'm going to, I'm going to say it as unequivocally as I can. If you're watching this game, this was one of the most dominant performances I've seen the LA galaxy have, uh, maybe the whole year. And it was against a bad team. Let's be very clear, but we know that that hasn't always been their, their forte, right? And uh, we saw the LA Galaxy have 66% possession. We saw them launch, I think, 21 or 22 shots. Um, now, seven of those were on target, but it was just a constant barrage against the Houston Dynamo. And the only goal that Houston got was the first goal in the eighth minute um, and just a broken play, a little defensive problem and things that we've seen from the Galaxy so many times. It's a warning sign for what could happen in the playoffs, especially if you're talking about a, a team like Nashville, who is very stingy on defense and who looks to exploit those little mistakes that get made on defense in order to 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 score goals. So. Um, well, yeah. I, I saw Nashville on Sunday. I was scouting for the Galaxy. Yes. They hired me as a scout. And oh. so I was at the game. Uh, Joe Willis was just out of his friggin' mind. He 14 was. saves. 20, LA Galaxy. And you're right about to talk about the playoffs because when you look at, for a moment, if you look at it from LAFC's perspective, 29 shots, season high, 14 on goal, season high. They don't score. Right. That tells you, hey, you can be a dominant team for 34 games. You get to the playoffs, you get a hot goalkeeper and a fluky goal, and you're out. I mean, Willis stopped a penalty shot yep. from Christian Arango. It was an amazing performance. Stood on and his again, head. that it 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 the message for the playoffs couldn't be clearer. You know, it's not always the best team, it's not always the most dominant team. But looking at it from the Galaxy's perspective, Greg Vanny said all along, look, the playoffs start or the season starts 10 games out. The Galaxy in their last 11 are 5-1-5. and five. They're one of the hottest teams in MLS. Yep. They're getting hot at the right time. Arguably, their best game of the season came in the last game. That's exactly what you want to be doing. You talked about the lineup, solidified. Puj and Bergman, Bergman gets the assist on the go-ahead goal. Puj mm -hmm. scores the game-tying goal. Yep. These guys have lost once playing together. They played 10 games together this season. They lost once. So Pooch comes in right when they start this hot streak. Things could not be going, in my opinion, things could not be going better for the Galaxy. They're getting hot. They're getting chemistry. They're, they, they now have a, a set lineup. They have confidence. And they're at home. If you had said that in the middle of August that any of those things were going to happen when you were watching the flag fly around the, the plane fly around the stadium that said fire Jovan, fire Klein, if you had known 
you know, if someone had said to you, this is how the season's going to end, I think that you would never been able to believe them. Yeah, I mean, at one point, and, and you and I, I think, verified it, the LA Galaxy were in ninth position in, in the Western Conference, right? Ninth position just before the Vancouver game. Um, and they, it looked like they were done. Right. That was it. They were they weren't going to be able to make their way back. Now, you said the Galaxy are one of the hottest. The Galaxy have lost only once in their last 11 matches, dating all the way back to August 13th, holding a record of five, one and five, outscoring the opposition 26 to 19. Um, since August 13th, the Galaxy's five, one and five uh, record, which is 20 points, ranks as the best in the Western Conference and ranks third in the league behind only Montreal and Philadelphia Union. Now, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Montreal in the uh, in the MLS Cup game, Kevin, because uh, they have quietly, very quietly uh, put together an unbelievable season. I think they finished only two or three points off of the Sporter Shield, uh, you know, uh, number, which is what Philadelphia and LAFC both finished on. Montreal is right there. So Montreal has been an incredibly good team. Philadelphia has been outstanding down the stretch. Uh, whenever they're coming through. So the Galaxy's 20 points is still the best in the Western Conference. And when you figure that the Galaxy have been playing mostly Western Conference teams, especially in this last stretch, especially as they go head into the playoffs, the Galaxy are the hottest team in the Western Conference. Well, you've been asking me questions. Let me ask you a couple. Mm -hmm. So everyone talks about Supporter Shield. You just talked about it now. Supporter yep. Shield, best team in the league. Mm -hmm. Um how many Supporter Shield teams in the last decade have won MLS Cup? In the last decade, see, this was I. Uh, Greg Vanny almost got me because Greg Vanny said he said only one team in the last decade has won Toronto. It. And it was Toronto, and I'm like, but the Galaxy did it in 2011, which is just outside the decade, right? So yeah, yeah. it's only seven teams, five franchises, seven teams. The Galaxy and DC United did it twice, and DC United is very misleading because they did the first two seasons of MLS. So it, it it's the point is it's extremely rare, especially in the modern era for a team to win Supporter Shield and win MLS Cup. And the reason is it's different playing a uh, playing top-notch soccer in over a 34-game schedule when you have all kinds of things like heat, three games a week. Yeah, that tests depth. It tests all those things. But as we talked about, you go to the playoffs, it's one and done, right. a fluky game, a goaltender like Joe Willis stands on his head, whatever it is. I just like where the Galaxy is because they are right now – they have finally hit stride. And that's not to say Philadelphia, Montreal, some of these other teams that have been good all season haven't. Right. But, uh, you know, it's in every sport. You look at, at football and, and, and baseball, the wild card teams tend to be the teams that do really well in the playoffs because they are sprinting into the playoffs while the other teams are sort of trying to maintain. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. By the way, $5 Super Chat from Raphael says, thank you guys for the playoff edition of COG. Uh, the digs will be rocking on Saturday. I expect it to sell out. I'm just I'm just telling you right oh, now. Oh, yeah. By the way. I mean, even with the early start time. Yeah, even with the early start. Now, it was funny because whenever after the game and after the Houston game, everybody's going, oh, MLS has us playing the 9 a.m. game. I'm like, you're not going to play the 9 a.m. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Nobody's playing a 9 a.m. game on the West Coast. But when you think about it, I'm going to have to be there at 10 in order to be, I might as well be a 9 a.m. guy. I, I was joking, Kevin. If it was a 9 a.m. game, I would have had to get there at 7 in order to well, sort of I, be there, you know? I got to leave as soon as we sign off to get from here to, <laughs> to there. To, to try, and early. Get, try and get in. But no, it was as we told everybody it was going to be as well. The 4-5 uh, matchup was more than likely going to be Saturday at 12 p.m. And it ended up being Saturday at 12 p.m. So uh, we'll continue to sort of uh, talk about that a little bit more as we keep going um, uh, through all this. But yeah, uh, I, I can't say enough. You talked about Ricky. You talked about Pooj. You talked about Brugman. 
Brugman was absolutely hands down the man of the match in this game. And the craziest thing happens only because it's MLS and nobody can watch 14 games in one day. Uh, and certainly nobody's going to watch, uh, you know, seven games at the same time. But the crazy thing is that uh, the Gaston Brugman got put on the bench on the team of the week. And I guarantee there was not a more dominant midfielder in all of major league soccer. And I don't care how many goals they scored than Gaston Brogman was in this particular game. Now, before I even, I said after the game, Kevin, right away, I was like, Gaston Brogman absolutely had one of the best games I think I've ever seen from him. Um, and maybe one of the best performances sort of in that defensive midfielder position from someone in the galaxy all year. And then I wanted to go to fought mob to see if I was correct. And I was correct. Gaston Brugman rated a 9.1 on the day, and they actually had Grand Sur above Ricky Pouge as well. Uh, 8.4 for Grand Sur, had a nice assist, had a good shot on goal, um, got stopped on the shot on goal, but the assist um, was uh, was good, even though it looked like he screwed up the pass at one point. Uh, the little cut back to find Pouge, who was streaking in, who was able to take a touch and then bury it in the back of the net, uh, was outstanding. So uh, those were your top performers, but as much as... I, I almost think, and this is almost an AJ and an Omar, uh, AJ De La Garza and Omar Gonzalez uh, thing here. They play off of each other. Ricky Pouge and, and Gaston Brugman make each other the best, right? And so you can't have one without the other. I think that Ricky could go out there and he could have so, uh, some good performances in the middle of the field. But the fact that he was able to come in and gel with Delgado and gel particularly with Brugman and Brugman has just been able to sort of fall into this stuff and just pick up and go. Um, he, he said afterwards and I asked him how he was able to adjust so quickly to major league soccer. And he says, you know, I, I thought it would be a lot harder. He goes, but I said the same thing whenever I think, oh, I think he said whenever he was playing in Italy or I think that's where he said, he goes, but I said the same thing in Italy and I adapted there really fast too. And he was like, you know, I, I just, I understand it. It's just, it's just easy. It's just easier for me. Well, one thing about this is Ryan Hollinshead of LAFC was asked last night. It, by the way, if the Galaxy, whoever wins the Galaxy Nashville game, will play LAFC next. So right. it could be the Galaxy. And so Hollinshead was asked about, well, you know, you guys going to be watching that game and what could happen next? And he, he said the Galaxy are a completely different team. It's not the same team that we faced before. He did say, and, and I think he's wrong. He said they're trying to find their identity. I think they found their identity. <laughs> five one and five. I think I think that that's a pretty strong ID right there. He said that they changed they're trying to find their identity, but he did admit that this is a totally different team and that the idea of, look, we played them three times already. We got this. He said, no, we got to go back to film and start all over again. This is a team we've never seen before. They're, they're already paying attention. This is the whole thing. The whole league is paying attention, right? And I, I will tell you that I know the whole league is paying attention because all I'm going to be on MLS Soccer's uh, you know, Twitter Spaces show they're going to do tomorrow to talk about the LA Galaxy again, right? It's like, it's like they forgot about the LA Galaxy for a while. They didn't exist. And then, of course, now they're there again. Uh, I've read multiple articles today that have the LA Galaxy as a team that absolutely could win it all. Now, again, go back just 10 games, Kevin, <laughs> go back 10 games. And if somebody said the LA Galaxy could win it all, you would have sat there and laughed in their face. The turnaround has been and I don't want to get all rainbows and unicorns on this. I don't want to be overly optimistic on any of this stuff. But what we have seen from the LA Galaxy in closing out this season and doing the things that they were supposed to do. I, I, this, this is a perfect example of how far they've come. We started this chart, Kevin. We looked at this chart and we said, man, I don't know where the Galaxy are going to get wins, right? It's like you sort of look at this and go, how do, you, how do they get to 48 points? And you're sort of trying to figure it out in your head. And you're like, maybe they can beat Atlanta. And, you know, okay, Dallas is going to be tough. Sporting Kansas City is going to be a tough game. We knew that, right? And so we started going through this before we could see all these go down. Look at what the LA Galaxy did over these last 14 games. They lost three games out of those last 14. All right. Well, three games. That was it. 
Well, here's a big question. You talk about going back 10, I'll go back 11 games. Oh, and by the way, shout out to Kevin Acevedo of the Galaxy uh, Communications Department, who we know is listening tonight because Hi, Kevin. We, we've been on double secret probation since you got red carded by Jovan a couple of months ago. And, and so now the Galaxy listened to everything we do. We're on double secret probation. But in any case, my question was going to be, so 11 games ago, fans are flying a banner around the stadium. Um, uh, I'm writing that that you know the Galaxy are dysfunctional, uh, have a dysfunctional front office. Everyone knows it. The Athletic wrote it. ESPN wrote it. Um, it was it, it, there was it was their situation. I, you know, I think big changes had to be made. Now that now, 11 games later, the Galaxy are in the playoffs. As you said, they're a team that now people are looking at and saying this team could win it. A totally different team. Uh, Jovan and Chris brought in Ricky Pooj and brought in Bergman, Rugman. Um, so do we look at that and now say, okay, they're good, Re, you know, give them contract extensions, Klein and, and Jovan uh, get to stay forever? Or do we still look at that and say, man, this is a dysfunctional front office. They, they got lucky. So a couple of things fell in their lap. Greg Vanny made it work, turned it around. Where, where are we on that? Oh. I, I, I'm not so sure that it's black and white anymore. No, no, it's not. I know, but I think we always have to abide by this rule. And I think it's the fair rule, which is if you do good things, then you should get credit for the good things that you do. And if you do bad things, then you get credit for the bad things you do, right? And so you absolutely need to give everybody in the front office, Jovan, Klein, everybody who made the signing for Ricky Pouge. Quite honestly, to have the cojones to actually think about trying to get Ricky Pouge was a big one. Greg Vanny talked about it and he said, you know, whenever he was with Toronto, he said, you know, what that they were going to go after Sebastian Giovinco. And he goes, and I, we were like, well, I guess you can't, you're never going to get him if you don't ask, right? And it's like one of these things, it's like, well, we didn't think we were going to get him. Right. And the same thing with Ricky Pouch. They deserve the credit for it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Right. And and they should be jumping up and down and shouting it from the rooftops as loudly as they possibly can. Right. To talk about how it happened, how they were able to get, a, you know, on a, a Barcelona star that basically was was out of the team. They weren't even taking him on preseason. And he comes over here and listen, this is not about and, and I still see people arguing about this and I, I could care less. It's not about the, the different levels between La Liga and, and MLS. Right. I don't I could care less what it is. Ricky Pouge is a soccer player. He's a football player. He can play. Uh, all of the things that, that so far people have told us about Ricky, that he was this prima donna and that he, you know, he was not good defensively. And listen, he's not good defensively. It doesn't matter because he don't play defense. <laughs> he doesn't need to play. Right? He's never heard of it before. <laughs> right. It's a, but by the way, I talked to a source at one of my sources at Barcelona and said, can you guys talk to me a little bit about Ricky Puig? Like, like what was he like when he was there? And, and they go, we will not talk about a player who is no longer on our team. Yeah. So yeah, the thing, you know, as great a player as he's been, and certainly we're all impressed by, especially his passing and the idea that he doesn't play defense, they don't play defense at Barcelona. So that's okay. But the thing that's impressed me the most is his desire. I did not think that he would want to be here. I thought that he would come over here and kind of mope about and say, I used to be on Barcelona, now I'm in MLS. How did this happen to me? Kind of like, remember when Chicha came in and there was that that video that leaked of him crying to his father, you know, the dream is over. That's what I expected to see from Ricky Pouge. And there's not even a trace of that. He seems to be 150% bought into this project and committed and and maybe it's selfish maybe he thinks the sooner i prove that i'm a great player the sooner i go back that's fine but the, he doesn't uh, he doesn't look like that, that though he doesn't look no, like he that, looks right? like he really he looks like a uh, he looks like you know uh, somebody from the la riot squad or one of the you know <laughs> from the acb he really looks like he's a supporter someone that's bought into the whole project he, he does 
Uh, Greg uh, sort of cautioned us, I think, at one point earlier, whenever Ricky came in, he sort of said, like, don't underestimate what having somebody like Ricky Pouge add added to the team can do for you, right? Like, don't underestimate his enthusiasm. Don't underestimate, you know, his ability to pull everybody up, you know, a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats type of thing, which is if Ricky is doing good and he's talking to everybody and everybody's feeling good, and you can see it about this LA Galaxy team, um, you know, there was all of this consternation and, and certainly we had guys like Derek Williams saying it hey, well you know the coach gives us a game plan and some guys aren't listening to the game plan right and the whole deal and then we had uh, after sporting Kansas City game where uh, Douglas Costa sort of played his own game and sort of ruined a whole bunch of things for the galaxy and then Greg Vanny s- sat him down right and so there, there's these like rumblings that oh well the the locker room was lost and and the bottom line was that that was never the case it was not lost right but there was some discipline that had to be issued out and it looks like by Greg Vanny or perhaps the other players in order to write some things and we thought it could have been a whole bunch of players it was probably Douglas Costa more than anything but look at what Vanny was able to do with Douglas Costa even if you just take let's take a small sample size of the last 10 games or so right which is take a guy who was completely useless for two-thirds of the season right who you who most people forgot he even played for the LA Galaxy because he wasn't getting playing time he was either injured or whenever he was on the field he was ineffective and they then put him out into a team where he now fits perfectly, right? They found him spot, but not only did they find him a spot, it wasn't just about them adjusting to what Douglas Costa could do, right? It was about Douglas Costa adjusting to what Greg Vanny wanted as well. Um, and so when you, when you look at what, what coaching happened during that time, what advancements were, were made with a veteran world-class at one point player like Douglas Costa, Right. And Vanny was able to get him on the same page as everybody else. That's that's something. And, and you can't deny that something. Well, neither one of us were in the locker room for those conversations. And we really don't know if they happened or how they happened or whatever. But what we do know is what we can see from the press box or on TV. And whether Douglas Costa, you know, has is invaluable now or, or what, whatever, the body language, just the body language that we saw from Douglas Costa compared to Ricky Pooge since he's been here. I guess that's what I'm sort of talking about. Ricky Pooge is excited to be out there and contributing and he loves playing. Costa's a great player, but uh, uh, there were long stretches when he didn't seem like he was all that involved or, yeah. or all that enthusiastic about what he was doing. And, and and that may just be the way he's always played. I didn't watch him play his whole career. He may just give off that nonchalant, but you're right. Ricky is a guy that players rally to um, and and that can unite a team. And I think we've seen that. Yeah, you, you can certainly can. $5 super chat from Mario says uh, he wants to give them credit, but upgrade the front office. Why not go to Europe and see if we can get a better front office the same way we got Pooch? Uh, I would say that mostly because a, any European front office is going to struggle mightily in order to adjust to MLS rules. So I would disagree with that approach altogether. Um, and we've seen it over and over again. You at least need somebody within the organization that understands all the MLS rules. And whereas we've seen so many times, Kevin, where international people have come in, international coaches, international front office, those types of things. And they've had guys on the inside who try to tell them the rules. It's a totally different operating environment than what it is whenever you go like overseas. I think Dennis DeClosa dove in as far as like an international guy, but he had already been in MLS at one point, right? With Chivas US say at one point so he knew what to expect he knew about the rules he knew coming in how to manipulate and how you're going to have to be smart and savvy with 
knowing every single one of those rules. So for me, no, but there are plenty of guys within the United States that you could go out and get that could make a front office, you know, a general manager, um, you know, Gar- Garth Loggerway up in Seattle. Is, Todd, Todd Donovan. Todd Donovan, perhaps that would also be one. But again, perhaps, well, perhaps. Well, there is. And I think it's I think it's a rightful criticism. It's another former L.A. Galaxy player with some experience at a lower level, but not necessarily uh, an experience at the upper level of management and of general being a general manager on an MLS club. So you understand you're getting somebody who has not done that job at the MLS level. Well, there are certain people, like you mentioned, Garth Langerway. I, I just think he's the greatest. Um, John Thornton has proved that he really understands how to manipulate. And that's what it is. Let's be honest. It's not working within the rules. It's manipulating the rules. Right. It's like NASCAR. Right. You know, you always try to, to cheat a little bit. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. It's manipulating the rules. Bruce Arena was a genius at that. Mm-hmm. If all, all if you can get one of those guys to come in, well, I mean, but, t- Tim not, Tim Bazpachenko, who worked with Greg Vanny in Toronto, who's now at Columbus, and a, Col- a good choice, Columbus just fired their head coach, right? So there's some there's some I, people. I, I guess there. my point is, and and Philadelphia has been successful, but my I guess my point was going to be that it's not easy, and you see team like Carlos Bocanegra is really struggling in Atlanta. There are certain teams that are up there every year, and other teams like Montreal, you know, they yep. plummeted and they came back up. Um, all things being equal, though, when you're talking about bringing people in, if you get some of those top shelf people, but if you don't, the Galaxy, to me, seem to be such a unique organization. And it's not a cult organization like other teens, but it's a unique organization with a unique history and a unique culture. And that's why I would favor if, again, all things being equal, a former Galaxy player coming in right. um, makes a lot of sense to me. If it's just going to be, uh, you know, it, it, but if you can get one of those guys that, again, knows how to manipulate the rules. Um, yeah. that's the guy you want to go for because it's very, de- and MLS is going to get more complex. We're talking about maybe adding another DP. Uh, who's uh, talking Ross? about that? Who? Well, I, who? G- give me a verifiable person who is, who you could say who? that that rumor came from because no, right I'm, now I, it's, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking it, it, it was somebody that was talking about the increase in rosters, um, for leagues because cup? of leagues cup. Right. And they said, you know, that, Oh, it was about, and it was around the Apple TV deal too. That Apple TV is going to want to see a little bit more quality, but and the rosters will grow too. I, 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 you know, I know internationally it's about twenty-eight, what thirty. I, I think maybe there's going to be maybe some sort of a farm team. Maybe that's what the MLS next is. But if you look at the schedule, the fixture crunch for next year with MLS Cup or ML Leagues Cup, whatever it's called, yeah, they can't continue with roster sizes the way they are with the travel, right, uh, and, and all those other things. Something's going to have to change, and so it's going to become even more important to have somebody in the front office that knows what they're doing. I, so um, we got a $2 super chat from living uh, in living color abroad. Uh, Costa should still be bought out next year. That's going to be one of those interesting things to follow in the offseason, but we're not there yet. So let's not talk about that offseason yet. Uh, Vanessa gave us a $5 super chat, says, what exactly is it about the front office that everyone dislikes? And I would say it was probably the results from 2017 onward um, up until right about now where the LA Galaxy are suddenly MLS con- cup well, contenders. I don't know. It's I, weird. I, I can go beyond that. I think that it, it just there did not seem to be any philosophy. It was sort of throwing a lot of darts at the wall and seeing which ones stick. I mean, look at some of the players that have come through here. Siani, Shelvik, um, just some of these players that have come through here, uh, Clement Diop, that just didn't work out. And it's like, what were they thinking? There didn't seem to be any plan. Now there seems to be a plan. And I don't know if that's come from Greg Vanny, whether Jovan and, and Chris Klein have had some sort of, you know, a, metamorphosis and 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 they've changed i i don't know what it is but you can see the way this team fits together as opposed to say the 2018 team Rolf felcher you know he's plugged in there and uh, bajo husidic and 
guys who may be good players in individual situations, but that they just didn't mesh and there didn't seem to be a plan. And more importantly, there didn't seem to be an acknowledgement that things were bad and how to fix them. They just kept plugging pieces in to see if it would work. And I, I didn't think that betrayed a clue of what was going on. Right. Mario uh, gave us a $2 super chat says, do you think Todd Donovan would be an upgrade in the front office? I, I let me answer this. And I, I think yes is the answer. Here's the reason though. It's not because he has the experience. It's because that everything that Todd does, he sort of refuses to be bad at. Um, and so if you can, if you want, if you know him personally and you know how he goes about and his workmanship as he was a player, um, as he has been as president up in Sacramento and GM in Sacramento, then president up in Sacramento at the USL side, he refuses to be bad at what he does. And that's one of the reasons that you could find somebody like him is certainly one of those guys who you could be like, yes, I know you don't have any experience at the MLS level in the management side on the front office side, but because of your work work rate, your work effort, your ability to understand, and, you, and quite honestly, your stubbornness not to lose, um, it, it probably makes sense that that you could be, uh, you know, the guy who we need as the next LA Galaxy president, or as you know, all these different things. It's, it's super interesting to sort of think about. I, I love Todd; I think he's great. So, well, look at the guys who've come through here. Greg Berhalter got to start as a coach, a player coach at the Galaxy. Now he's in the national team. You know, Chris Klein was a guy that Tim Laiwicki was grooming mm -hmm. uh, um, through the system, you know, worked with the academy and other things through the system to become the executive that he eventually became. I, I think there was a little disconnect along the way because I, I don't think Bruce um, shared a lot of information. I think Bruce wanted to do everything himself and didn't really want to share his, you know, methods. And then like Wiki left and, and Becker, Dan Beckerman came in and I think Chris lost a mentor there. He didn't have one in Bruce. And I think when like Wiki left, he lost that mentor. Um, and, and so I think that went a little bit off the rails, but the galaxy have always been a team that, that takes care of its own and brings its own back and grooms them and teaches them and supports them. That's why I could see a Todd Dunham coming back if he wanted to. Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me the whole deal. Uh, Paul gave us a $2 super chat says, well, Apple TV work. We were talking about the Apple TV deal. Well, Apple, Apple TV work with Chromebook, Fire TV, and Android. I've been told anything with a browser, it can work, right? You can literally just type in a web address and it should be able to work and you should be able to get all the games that you're supposed to get all that fun stuff. So you technically don't need Apple hardware. You don't need an Apple TV, the physical hardware. You don't need Apple TV plus this will be sort of a standalone system all by itself. Now, if you have Apple TV Plus, uh, you know, the subscription service there where you can watch some of their shows, there will be some games that are for free that will be broadcast on Apple TV Plus, right? Those types of things. There's some games that will be broadcast for free just over the internet. And then there's still going to be some nationally televised games. We'll see how that sort of still works out with ESPN. If ESPN is interested, if Fox is interested, if Univision is interested, all the same players that are sort of in it right now about who's going to do it. But it's going to be at a much less price, a much uh, lower price because it's not exclusive anymore. Those nationally televised games that will be broadcast to everybody or either cable or over the air, Kevin, they're also going to be broadcast on Apple TV. So you will know exactly where you want to buy, where, where you can watch every single game and there will be no blackouts. This is way too complicated. I'm waiting for this whole internet thing to just blow over. I'm just going to just... I'm not even going to buy a computer. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, we know about your computer issues. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, we had I'm the, a Luddite. We, we had a $5. This sort of goes back to our fourth DP comment, but it sort of extends it even crazier. And I'm still trying to think of who told me that, by the way. Yeah. I, keep, I, keep, I, it's Listen, the rumor about the fourth DP has been out there. It's just not substantiated by almost anybody or anything. Yeah. It's just I'm like I'm trying to think of who thought. told me that. Yeah. Um, yeah but anyway, 
Go ahead. Uh, we got a five dollar super chat from What the, and they say uh, if MLS somehow somehow had an open salary cap, you know, no DPS, um, and they're like, I know this would never happen. How much do you think the Galaxy would spend opposed to their current twenty million dollars? Do you think the Galaxy would suddenly increase spending by ten or fifteen or twenty million dollars, uh, Kevin, if there was no cap on anything? I, I mean, they certainly could. I, I always go back to, and I know it's it, it's a, a different time. It was 2017 when the Galaxy were going young and cheap. And Dan Beckerman told me, we have a lot of money that we can spend. And he said, that doesn't mean we suspend it. And, and the, the, the anecdote he gave me was, he said, imagine if I really want a cup of coffee and I go to the coffee store and they say it's 20 bucks for a cup of coffee and I have 20 bucks in my wallet. I'm not going to pay that because a cup of coffee is not worth $20. And so his point was, well, you, you may have the money and you may have the desire, but you don't necessarily spend that if that player is not worth it. That's a long way of saying, I, I don't know. If they if they had a chance to go get Zlatan and he wanted $14 million instead of $7 million, I think they probably would. If they had a chance to get Mark Delgado and he wanted $4 million instead of $1 million, I don't know if they would do that. It's interesting, though. Do you imagine that whenever you talk to Zlatan, does Zlatan come on a TAM deal at like $1.6 million for his first year if the LA Galaxy aren't hard up against the cap and they're like, listen, this is literally all we can give you? Does he come like then and, and still come? Or does he like, no, no, no I'm, I'm worth at least like $3 million, $4 million, $5 million, $6 million a year, right? Like he's like, you just need to give me the money. Don't you think that sometimes the cap actually falls, like helps the helps MLS teams land bigger names, especially whenever they're yeah, hard up against it? Yeah. I mean, I think you could argue that's how Cialini got here and that's how Bale got here. Um, but I would like to be in on some of those conversations because, you know, a guy like Cialini, if, if uh, you know, I know a lot of Galaxy fans haven't had a chance to watch him. He is so much fun to watch. He loves the game so much. One of the favorite things I like to do is he just bowls somebody over and then he'll go over and pick them up and pat them on the head and run away. Um, the point is he would have come for free. Um, I would have loved to be in the room to hear Zlatan's uh, contract negotiations because I don't think a lot of Europeans, as you said, front office people, you tell a guy like Zlatan, look, we can only pay you this. And it's like, what? You're limited to how much you can, you can pay. Right. Gareth Bale just went for $100 million to Real Madrid, and you're telling me you can't give me more than 800000 right. or whatever it was? Um, I don't know that they believe it. I mean, you know, he did come, and he was very motivated. He had a reason to be here, and it worked out for him because he went and got those millions. But man, those conversations must, they must really have to walk them through it uh, and explain how this works because in Europe, this has got to be such a foreign concept. Uh, one of the things that see, by the way, uh, a $5 super chat from uh, Misanthrope. Yeah, probably. Uh, anybody dare? Yeah, yeah. $5 super chat. Anybody dare to tell Pooj to change his Instagram profile pic? It's photoshopped and cringe. I, I'm not going to tell that ma- that young young lad anything. He's like he still looks like he's 12 every time I talk. Yeah, to him. one of only two players in the league to tuck his jersey in. Yeah, he's 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 fancy like that. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the dude just has his own like European style. He's just like carefree. If you see him out on the training field and like walking to and front, he's like happy to be there. He's smiling. He's joking with people. I should point talks, out talks to everybody in English. He does. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so he's getting there. Um, let's see. I think uh, Gaston Brugman, whenever he was coming in to talk to, was talking talking some English last night on the call. And then he switched over to Spanish and stuff like that. The, the big, the big, of course, uh, one. And at least, Kevin, you will feel good about this. I'm going to I'm going to call uh, Vicky Mercado out because she she said it. it's on our, uh, our our video. If you go look at our YouTube page and you listen to the uh, post game comments. But she was introducing. She's like, all right, everybody, we have uh, L.A. Gal. Galaxy forward Dayon, and then she said his last name wrong, and you should have seen his face whenever it happened. How do you think she said it? She said Yovalik, 
right? And he's like, Jovalik? And he's like, he's like, Vicky, you don't know how to say my last name, right? And I was cracking up. I was losing it because I'm like, that, that was usually something Kevin would say, right? Well, I was going to say, I, I, my segue for this was going to be, I asked Bergman why he was wearing Chicharito's warm-up jersey, and he mm. said he's just a, he just grabbed one on his way out of the locker room, and that was the one he grabbed. But I was going to ask you, because I knew you were going to give me crap at some point for my uh, mispronunciations, which I roundly and and wholly deserve. Right. But I'm going to ask you to pronounce Malia Emma's last name. Uh, Go for it. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> Malia Emma. That's her stage name. We're, we're going with that. Um. So so no, we'll keep it with that. Uh. But yeah. So so uh, Jovalich was like was like you don't know how to pronounce my last name. When it, and then I was called on first. I'm like I'm like it's Jovalich. It's Jovalich. And he's like yeah yeah of course. And I'm like I was just doing that to give give Vicky a little bit of a, a stick there. So it, it was fun. The guys weren't as you would imagine. Everybody was in very good mood after winning 3-1 on the road everybody's feeling good they know now that like who they're going to face in playoffs and listen the LA Galaxy had a chance to move up to three we knew they could have dropped all the way to seven and whenever Houston scored at one point I think the Galaxy had gone all the way down to sixth um, at one point they were in sixth, right? And we were watching the live standings and then the galaxy tied the game and it was like, oh, well they're back up to fifth, right? You know, and it was, it was this whole thing. And then whenever they took a minute later, right, we should talk about how quickly the two goals came because you had the Ricky Pouge goal that finally broke the seal for the LA galaxy. It felt like everything was just like off posts, not going in or getting blocked or anything like that. Uh, Ricky buries his. And then a minute later, uh, it was Chicharito with a pass from Brugman, a, a wonderful pass. Um, and then Chicharito, I don't know if people paid attention to it. Kevin, did you see the finish? Did you watch the, the highlights no, of the finish? I did not, but I heard it was a phenomenal finish. He hits this right-footed across his body. So the ball's really lined up for a left-footed shot, okay? But because of his stride and the way that he's taking it, he's going to hit it right-footed. And then not to, he doesn't just catch it flush with the right foot because the goalkeeper's coming out sort of taking off the right side. He hits it around the outside. So he hits it with the outside of his right foot coming across his body and it goes around the goalkeeper and gets buried into the net. It was, if you're not paying attention to that goal, it looks like it's an easy goal, right? Because he sort of played through and the announcers, like uh, even Joe Totino, I think Kobe Jones were like, oh man, he looked really offside, right? And then Larry Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, texted me and was like, man, that Chicharito goal, uh, that was definitely offside. I don't know how they didn't do it. I'm like, if you, it, there was a freeze frame on the uh, on the program that they showed on Spectrum, and the freeze frame showed without a doubt that Chicharito was way onside. And matter of fact, he was onside by two or three feet. It was tight because of how quick everything was closing, defender and and uh, and the attacker moving in opposite directions. So it looks really tight. But credit to the linesman. And I don't normally credit referees. You know that I, I basically have. I hate every referee I've ever uh, I've ever laid my eyes on. My dad will tell you that. That's that's been a long time coming since I was like five or six years old. Um, but it, they kept the flag down absolutely, totally onside, not a problem. Um, and so I thought that was such a great goal. And then just to, it, it was about keeping their foot down, but also holding possession and at some point in the second half. And I had said the third goal is going to be so important for the LA galaxy, just because you, that's it. You've put Houston to bed. They've already been eliminated for weeks, right? This is not a team who thinks that they're in it. And they're going to be all hopped up because they're like, it's our last home game. we got to show something until you step on their necks, right? Until you go and you're like, no, no more. We're the better team until you establish that dominance. And the Galaxy had to establish the dominance, but at 2-1, it's not comfortable. Houston still thinks they're in it. And then you had, I thought, some great subs by Greg Vanny. One of the big criticisms, and I think it's it's probably correct in, in some in a lot of ways, is Greg Vanny and who he puts on subs in order to settle games, in order to do things. Um, and so you had Victor Vasquez come in, I think because Mark Delgado sort of got hurt a little bit, but Vasquez came in. I thought he did fine, uh, certainly against a Houston 
defense that was that was pretty slow, but you had Efrain Alvarez come in and Chicharito came off. And I know a lot of people were like at two one. Why are you bringing Chicharito off? Well, because you're going to put Jovan uh, Dayon Jovalich um, into a tired Houston back line, and you're going to let Efrain Alvarez feed him and score the third goal. That third goal killed Houston. The game was over, and that was it. And you didn't have to play anymore. So well, you talk about. We know what a great passer Ricky is, and he's proven it time and time again. And Brugman, with his passing, that's the thing that was mi- – I mean, obviously, that's the thing that was missing all season. We kept thinking Efrain was going to be that guy who was going to provide service. We kept hoping – Mark Delgado did try to do it and and, and succeeded at times. Um, Victor Vasquez was hurt too often to really be that guy. But we kept waiting. Who's going to be the link in the midfield? Who's going right. to be the guy that's going to deliver those passes? We knew that Chicharito was going to be able to score. We knew that Jovalich was be able to score. We know that those guys were getting their opportunities. They just weren't getting fed. And now that was the missing link. And Greg's talked about that over and over and over again, how the midfield was just a mess. And now it's he's been able to settle it down. And, he, and, he, and there's some consistency. And, and that's a big part in that midfield to have those forwards knowing where the ball is coming from, how it's coming, to have that chemistry. And when it was Efron one, Efrain one week and, and Victor Vasquez for a couple of starts and then maybe Sash would come in there, they're all good players. But when it's a different guy every week, it's really hard to adapt to. Yeah, you, you can see it. Um, one of the things, to, let's highlight two guys, both goal scorers in this game. Chicharito, 18 goals, Kevin, in 2022. One better than his 17 goals in 2021. Uh, he put together another player of the year performance for the LA galaxy. And the bottom line is that he hit a big, big, big dip in the middle of the season, just like the LA galaxy did, right? The service wasn't there. The passing wasn't there. He wasn't being fed. If you look at his shots that he took this year, it's like 80 something shots, I think 88 shots or something like that. And you look at the shots he took last year. So he got 18 goals this year on like 80 something shots, right? And last year he got 17 goals on like 53 shots, right? So he's been shooting a ton more. He's had to work so so much harder this year in order to get 18 goals um, that it's actually pretty impressive in almost 2,600 minutes. Remember whenever I said at the beginning that you got to think that you're going to limit Chicharito to 2,000 minutes? Um, yeah, I did a good job, didn't I? That was that was good. I, I, well, he, he would have played needed like to play all those minutes to get his contract. <laughs> he absolutely needed to, right? So, uh, Chicharito, eighteen goals. Uh, he ended up with two assists, I believe, and uh, that's that's something. Then it's Dayan Jovalich, um, a guy who leads all of Major League Soccer in goals and and goal. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is it? Goal actions off the bench. He had eight goals and two assists. So 10 total goal actions off the bench that leads major league soccer. He also finished on my chart with uh, scoring a goal once every 89 minutes. Uh, and he still had under a thousand minutes. He was certainly, he's always a guy afterwards, Kevin, who talks to us about his minutes. He's like, as somebody asked him if you had goals for yourself at the, I think it was Damien asked him if he had goals for himself at the start of the year. And, you know, did he sort of meet some of those? And he goes, well, I thought I'd be getting more minutes, right? Did you see Dayon? So Dayon scored his goal and then he immediately looked at his watch, right? He went over to the corner and he looked at his watch and he's talking. So, so Damien asked him, uh, afterwards, well, why were you, you know, what was that goal celebration? And Dayon gets this like big smile. And I think he's, he thinks first second he goes because it's playoff time right the whole day and i'm like i'm like uh-uh i'm like yeah sure it's playoff time it has nothing to do with the number of minutes that you got like you just came on and you scored already and look just give me minutes coach that's that's the whole thing here's the thing with Dayon. he gets it this year right he gets it he understands what his position is and he's going to come in in the playoffs and he's going to play that super sub role and he's going to go and he's going to try to score goals whenever they need goals to be scored kevin right so all those things he gets his position i'm not sure he gets that position next year 
And for me, I wonder how much of a heartache it's going to be for Greg Vanny to try to manage Dayon Jovalich next year, especially with a whole bunch of rumors about different guys coming in uh, and the fact that uh, most of the guys who are coming in are going to come in and probably play in Dayon's position. Now, Dayon can be a super sub, but is that what he's going to be happy doing next year? And is it worth it to manage somebody who's maybe not happy? Next year. Well, before I get to Dan, one one thing: Chicharito is the leading scorer for the Mexican national team. He's a he's a, a a striker. He's a goal scorer. That's what he does. I say all that because you know the 18 goals. That's the second most he scored in one season in his life. He had 21 at Guadalajara when he in in 2009 and 10 when he made his World Cup debut and wound up that season took him to Manchester United and started the whole you know Chicha legacy right. or whatever right. it is. He scored 17 at, at Leverkusen when people were talking about building a statue to him. And right. now he's got 18, second most in his career. So that's how good the season's been. With with Dayon, you know, I'm not you talk about how Greg's going to use him next year. I'm not sure he's going to be here next year. And the reason I say that is does he like it here? Yes. Is he a valuable team with the uh, player with the Galaxy like to keep him? Yes. But he's an ambitious guy. He's 22, maybe 23 by next season. He's ambitious. He has goals. There are things he wants to accomplish. And he is, and he reminds us time and time again. And if he's reminding us, he's telling Greg time and time again that he wants to play. He played 32 games or what? 30. Yes. Yeah. 32 games this season under a thousand minutes. That's not going to do it for him. Yep. He wants to go somewhere else. So you run that risk of, of frustrating this guy, making him unhappy right. or rewarding him. And I think that's one thing that MLS teams, I know Bruce did it a lot and, and I, I had to keep, you know, name checking him, but he's the coach I've been around the most. But other MLS coaches, too, they look at that and say, look, you've been an, uh, a good warrior, a noble soldier. We're going to reward you. We can't give you more pay and more playing time here. So we're going to trade you to the Chicago Fire who really need a striker. Um, I, I think I think that's what might happen, especially if the Galaxy uh, do add a player. Chicharito, you know, he's back next season. If Chicharito wasn't coming back, maybe it'd be different. Right. But they got at least one more season of him. They could tell Dayon, look, wait, at 24, you're the guy. He's probably not going to believe him. I think he wants to go somewhere else. I mean, I, I don't know how you could tell him you're the guy, especially whenever you're linked to Luis Suarez and Cristiano Ronaldo and all these other. I mean, it doesn't. Here's the problem. Dayon Jovalich and people who are just going to fall over clutching their chest at this. There's two things. One is Dayon Jovalich did not prove in the times that he got starts that he was a starting caliber forward uh, in my mind. Okay, that's one. Now you can say he's on a different team now with different service, all those things. He puts a lot of goals in the net, mostly as a sub. Whenever he started, that wasn't so much the case, right? So that's one thing. He didn't prove himself to be a starting forward. So how can you possibly put him in that spot knowing you're the LA Galaxy? And two is this one. This one is really going to make people angry is he's not a name. He's not a name. And the LA Galaxy usually have big names that are strikers and, and forwards. And they're the people who draw people and put butts in seats. Right. And so uh, for me, sell, sell day on. He's under contract, I believe, next year still. Uh, so you sell him, you move him. Uh, and that hurts because you need to find somebody who's going to come off the bench and be a super sub and be that guy. And you'd like it to be day on. And maybe if the LA Galaxy fall a little bit short this year and don't win an MLS Cup, maybe if they get to the Western Conference finals, you know, and, and don't quite make it, maybe they get to an MLS Cup and they don't win it. Maybe there's unfinished business for day on Jovalich and he wants to come back with the LA Galaxy, but he has to be motivated in order to do that. Well, I I agree with with the second part. The first part is immaterial because Dayon thinks he's a starting striker, and that's the important part. There are guys. There was a, the Clippers had a great sixth man a couple of years ago, and he, he wound up I think leading the team in in points. But he loved coming off the bench. That was his role, and he loved it. And he embraced it. Dayon is not loving and embracing it. He's succeeding at it. Right. Uh, but the other thing is, you mentioned Ronaldo. Do you really think Ronaldo would start over Dayon? Yes. 
Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, that was a joke. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Two dollars super chat. Yeah, he probably would. He probably would. Uh, Two dollars super chat from what the uh, rumors next year, such as Sue. Right. That's 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 the Cristiano Ronaldo thing. Am I getting better at it or am I getting worse? You tell me. Um, but anyway, do you remember when 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 Eber was coming and I told Chris Klein that I thought he'd I thought that too. I thought that too. Yeah. So I don't I don't blame you. What what do we know? We're morons. I don't know why people pay attention to us. Right. I mean, I did say that the L.A. Galaxy were a top three team in the Western Conference and I only missed it by one spot. Stupid sporting Kansas City could have made me a genius, but they didn't. And I'm also well, very well aware, Kevin, that there's zero chance I could have known that at the beginning of the year whenever they didn't have Ricky Pouge and Gaston Brogman in there. So why, why even listen to me? I'm not sure. It matters. Well, the, 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 during the whole Chris Klein controversy during the summer, people are asking me, what what should he do? What what should the team do? If I knew, I would be the president. I don't know. That's <laughs> don't, why I'm doing this. They don't pay us. For, they don't pay us to, to make <laughs> those decisions. On the this th- and not, that's why I don't sit in the luxury in the presidential suite during the games. No, no, absolutely. It doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I will say this about Cristiano Ronaldo. He's going to be available this winter, and it feels like now or never. Uh, if you're if you're the LA Galaxy, uh, I think Miami's the favorite in that. No, especially Miami. Can, Miami can't be the favorite for every putty. So they already are going after Leo Messi. So don't start with it. It's going to be. I know. I know David Beckham and Cristiano Ronaldo. I yeah, know. Look at the cities. Is is Miami a messy city or Ronaldo city? It's a Ronaldo. It's, it's city. a messy city. Ronaldo's much more Hollywood. The, uh, people are going to back me up on this. That's not even. Okay. You're so far off. Ronaldo would be so good in Las Vegas. Like like Messi wears like you know socks with sandals. That's definitely like South Florida, Miami. All right, <laughs> you can't get away with that it's here. Munich. It, 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 it's not, <laughs> the Birkenstocks. That's what that's what you're trying to go with. Okay, I got you. I followed you there. That was okay. It wasn't a bad one. Um, I'm trying to think. There were some other things. I just DP wise. If you look at the LA Galaxy DPS, they played a total the 62.1% of the total available minutes. Some of that comes as Kevin Cabral moved to the bench, 55.2% of the available minutes, and he was healthy the entire year. He played in 33 games, uh, Kevin Cabral did, but he only played 55.2% of the total minutes because he got subbed out um, in most of those, right? Douglas Costa finally started picking things up, but he was only available for 46.2% of the total available minutes. You had Chicharito, who there always seems to be one designated player who just like carries everybody else on their back, almost 85% of the total available minutes. Um, if you want to go for costs per, let's that, go. That's one of the biggest surprises of the season for me that Chicharito mm-hmm. played that I know. that many minutes. I know. And, and that's what we talked about. If he plays a full season, how good can he be? Well, we know 18 goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, he, he did. Uh, if you want to look at cost per game, uh, the uh, Chicharito cost the LA Galaxy $187,500 per game. Douglas cost, uh, cost the LA Galaxy $111,111 per game. And Kevin Cabral cost the LA Galaxy $50,000 per game. Um, per goal, Chicharito... Uh, I, I would play I would play for... I play for half, half of that? what Cabral got. Yeah. 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 I know. Me too. Um, cost per goal. Chicharito at 313,000. See if you score a lot of goals, your cost per goal goes way down. Uh, you had Douglas Costa at almost 600,000. And then of course, Kevin Cabral and his one lone teeny tiny little goal, 1.6 million because he makes 1.6 million. So for that, uh, but Kevin Cabral, a, a darn near steal. Kevin, whenever you figured he play, he only cost the LA galaxy $948 per minute that he played this year. Uh, Chicharito at $2,174 per minute. And Douglas Costa at $1,686 per minute. I like to add a little rage 
uh, just before the end, so people get angry with stuff. I don't want. I don't want everybody feeling good about this team, like that good about this team. I want to make sure. So, so you mean every minute that Chicharito plays, he could buy like a new luxury car? Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, it's not a luxury wow. car. It's not a. It's only two thousand dollars per minute. That's not. He, so, oh, like oh, every, oh, I thought. It was, yeah, okay. per game. So a, a he's half. making. Yeah, you have to play a half to get a, a luxury car. car. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you got okay. it. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad we figured that one out. Uh, one of the interesting things, the LA Galaxy, uh, with their away point finished with 22 away points 22 away points is the most points since 2012 kevin that the la galaxy got on the road uh in 2012 they got 23 points on the road uh in 2022 they got 22 points on the road uh you could sort of look over all those different uh, years and the galaxy weren't exactly the best road teams uh, but they were a very good road team this year which is good because they weren't that good of a home team whenever you look at it they got yeah you know what's really funny? Greg Vanny said yesterday, I don't know if you picked up on this, he said the guys are really excited about coming home, playing this playoff game at home. They're really looking forward to it. They're geeked up. He didn't use that word. That's right. my word. Um, but coming home, and that's another indication of how this team has changed since August because when they were having that bad spell in July and August, I remember having a conversation with him, and he said these guys are scared to play at home. Right. Um, and he said that they're intimidated by the fans. They know the fans want them to do well and they're intimidated by that. And they feel like when the fan, like when they start to go south, that the fans are supporting them. He, it, it wasn't, don't get excited. He, it wasn't a diatribe against the fans. It was a diatribe against the players. If anything, like they are not rising to the moment that you need to make your home a fortress. And these guys are not doing it. I thought that was interesting that Greg Vanny talked about how uncomfortable guys were then at home. Right. And now how, how excited they are and how much they're looking forward to coming home. Things have changed in the stands on the field, certainly the personality of the team. But when you talk about those home and road records, the galaxy are an unusual team to me, a playoff team. Usually you look at a team like Philadelphia, so good at home. And you just say, these guys need to be home. If they go on the road, they're a little bit in danger. They're just not that good. The galaxy are a team that, you know, I, they, to me, they seem, I know the record shows a slight advantage at home, but they seem to be really equal home in the road. There doesn't seem to be a big advantage one way or the other in the way they play and the results they get. Am I wrong? Uh, <sighs> if they have 22 on the road, they have four, 28 at home. So They do. It was close. it was better, but whenever you look historically at whether or not they were a good home team, they weren't a good home team this year. Um, you, 28 points. They had 29 points last year at home. That's fine. Uh, 34, I think in 2019, I believe that was, um, you go back to, you know, some of their other days, uh, in the 2014, 2015, 39 points, 40 points, 37 points, 41 points, you know, even 31 points is one of the lows I think. And that was in 2012, right around that time. Right. So the bottom line is they weren't that good at home. They actually were worse, um, than they were last year. And it was one of those places that sort of took, took a, a backseat to things that doesn't mean things didn't change at the end of the season and i think they did yeah they, they did but the other part is is now the galaxy could be they could have this one game against national and if they win they could go to mls cup final obviously and they would do it on the road they could play their last three games on the road and again that's not one of these situations where you were looking at a philadelphia or an lafc and say what well, they're not going to win on the road they, they haven't won on the road all season the galaxy like maybe going out of dignity health sports park isn't I, that much of a penalty. I don't think it is for them. I mean, overall, it's not. Then, like I said, they were actually a pretty good. Now, ultimately, you're going to be worse on the road or you should be worse on the road than you are at home, right? Whenever those things uh, happen, that, the law of averages say that you're not going to be as good on the road. So you should have less points on the road than you do at home. In this case, it's actually pretty tight. 
Um, it's not a great MLS teams won 26% of their road games this season. That was it. 26% and the LA galaxy, I think actually did a pretty good job of winning, uh, more than probably the, or above league average on that. Um, but yeah, you look at it, the LA galaxy, we were sort of talking about this and I want to be, I want to be clear about it because now I think we can, we talked about it, I think on Thursday, which says you need this win against Houston. So that way your eyes can match up with what you see, what the final, uh, result was, which is if you get 50 points, Kevin, right? Which the LA galaxy did. If you get 50 points, you can now say, well, this team is better than last year. Just on the points, you can make that argument, right? Well, this team is two points than they were better than last year. They're headed in the right direction. You can look at the LA galaxy and say, well, they finished eighth last year and they finished fourth this year in a Western conference with Nashville. There's some nuance in that, that you have to sort of play with a little bit in your head to understand that just two points better is actually a lot better with a Western conference than included Nashville, which we all thought was going to be a for sure playoff team, right? So there's things that you have have to do in your mind sometimes and the win makes it easier for you to make that distinction because I think this LA Galaxy team certainly the team that has played the last 11 games there Kevin is a much better team than we saw last year they're playing exciting soccer they're playing dominating soccer possession based but attacking soccer still um, is, and confident soccer that's yeah. a they're not looking over their shoulders there was a time this season not that long ago when I always felt they were looking over their shoulder. What what bad thing is coming? Now they're on the front foot and they're and, and they gave up a goal in the fourth minute, and and you know kept or was it the eighth minute whenever Ferrer scored and and they never really looked back. They they just kept it, it wasn't it was a blip. You yeah, know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a, a blow. It was a blip and they just kept going. Uh, a twenty dollar super chat. Thank you, Juan. We appreciate wow. that. I know raking it in today. Uh, cheers to COG consistently top quality all season long. Clearly, he's got us confused with yeah, another it's just podcast. The first show he's listened to. Yeah, yeah it is uh, excited to be heading into the playoffs. Hot. Bring on the Golasols. How did I do? Was that was that good? Did I say Golasol better better or worse? That they're, I, they're I, giving I still me. Don't know what you're- trying to say they're they're giving me pronunciation guides in this also i think it plays better if i don't know how to say it so stop trying to teach me things um yeah so it's uh it's uh, again i i think that the galaxy are in a good spot i really like it one of the things uh that i wanted to point out uh, before we get too far along uh is is this chart right here and this says goal projections but whenever it's a full season they're not goal projections they turn into actuals right so we can we can sort of do that the only thing is that in 2020 they didn't play a full 34 games so we do have projections in 2020 the year before greg vandy came and obviously the COVID year and it was a shorter season and all those other things right um we look at uh at what the la galaxy were projected to do over 34 games they only played 22 but what were they projected to do over 34 they were projected to score 42 goals all right they were expected if they played 34 games to give up 71 goals right and so like you do all this here you look at that that's what 2020 was greg vanny comes in and he moves the offense to 50 goals. So they scored more goals than they did in 2020 projections. You look at the defensive goals they gave up was 54. Whenever you look at that number, it's almost 20 goals better than in 2020, right? And what they were projected. They gave up 46 goals in 22 games and 54 goals in 34 games between 2020 and 2021. So there was an improvement there. We're seeing again, their baby steps, but things are getting better. 2022 through 34 games, 58 goals scored 51 goals the goal difference kevin is actually almost shocking in a little bit of ways right the goal difference is their best goal difference in like the last six years right the plus seven that they finished with is one 2019 which is the last time they made the 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 playoffs i think they were a minus one 
right? And so we look at what sort of the baby steps that the team has been making and that things are trending in the right direction. We can continue to say, yes, things are moving in the right direction. We look at the the points per month just to close it out. So you can see how it was. The LA Galaxy finish on a four-game unbeaten streak going 3-0-1 in that time, right? Last two games, draw and a win. Uh, so the LA Galaxy closed that one out. Here's the great one. Look at the standings at the end of the season, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> they shoot through the roof, right? Because this is an LA Galaxy team that at one point was, you know, 15th in the uh, in the supporter shield and finished uh, all way, way, way up high uh, in that uh, in that particular one. I think they finished in eighth, uh, eighth for the LA Galaxy in the supporter shield, which means they will be a seeded team, top 14 teams or top 15. Yeah, I think top 15 teams in Major League Soccer will be seeded for the League's Cup, which means the LA Galaxy will be a seeded team in the league's cup whenever they have it, which means they'll get to host some games. All right. So what do you think about league's cup? I got a lot of static for this, maybe deserved, but, but I had a reason for saying it when, when they announced the league's cup schedule and it was exactly hour for hour, the same as the women's. It's not, cup, it's not because it's in, no, it's, no I, I know that, that the game started a different time, but I just couldn't, they have why I just don't like the fact that they're squatting all over the why the women's Wait, tournament. is everybody supposed to stop whenever the women play? no, no, and everybody won't stop for the no. League's Cup either. I just no. don't understand why. Why this whole talk about like you know, the rising soccer boats or you know water is going to lift mm -hmm. all boats and if you, I I just don't like the fact that they're squatting. You know they don't hold the NCAA basketball Final Four the same time as the BCS football championships. Mm -hmm. They give each one a little bit of room to breathe. Yeah, but I just don't know why why they couldn't have started it two weeks before, two weeks after, and, and give the women a little bit of. A runway to have their tournament too, and then leagues, and then leagues cup would be bigger as well. It, well, it, again, you're thinking that the games are going to be like overlapping, and more than likely, you're going to have women's games in the morning. They're going to stop, and you're going to have leagues cup game tonight. Sounds like a wonderful day. It sounds like you're going to have. <laughs> it sounds like the two will be able to build off of each other, not compete with each other. I think you're looking at it totally wrong. The other thing is that this is the window. This is the window that they were always going to play League's Cup, right? So this is not, it's not like, oh, they're like, let me find out when the Women's World Cup is. And oh, let's, let's screw with them a little bit. That's not how it well, went. You, you know, what's really bothering me is I'm going to be in New Zealand and Australia for that. And I won't be able to cover the League's Cup. That's what's really bothering me. Which means that the United States will be better off for, how, how long is the World Cup? It's gone there for a while. You're going to be gone for a while. We'll be good. I'm going to we'll go check out some kangaroos. That's fine. Have you ever had kangaroo? Like, have you eaten kangaroo? I'm vegetarian. I wouldn't even eat kangaroo, even if I could. It is. Oh, yeah. You probably eat koalas and, and it, you watch panda snuff movies. <laughs> I don't. I don't. They don't serve koala. I haven't seen anybody serve koala meat, but kangaroo is a fairly plentiful uh, animal. So, yes, I have had kangaroo before. It is delicious. Delicious. Definitely have it. If you, it, I know you're vegetarian. Just hold your nose and, you know, try to watch yeah. somebody eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch somebody else eat it. Uh, $5 uh, super chat. Uh, which galaxy player can be the next playoffs Pando, right? The guy who, uh, who doesn't score the whole time and then scores and, and scores in the, in the playoffs in the, in the MLS cup to win the whole thing. Right. That's, wow. that's the guy. So which one It's Kevin Cabral. Duh. That's the, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> He's going to get a hat trick He's, in the it, second half uh, of the final. Right. That'll be it. And that's how it goes. Uh, it'll be good. Thank you, uh, Raphael for the $5 super chat. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. So I think that's it for the charts. I mean, one of the things I wanted to point out is the LA galaxy still didn't win more than two games in a row. We're tracking that right. And haven't under Greg Vanny. So that hasn't happened. Maybe they could win against Houston. Maybe they could beat Nashville. And then maybe they then play, play beat LAFC it still wouldn't count for the regular season. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, still doesn't, doesn't quite work for, for me on that one. Uh, 
the unbeaten streak, though, uh, improved this year. Six in 2022. They were also six games unbeaten in 20. Uh, in, in, in 2020, which is kind of surprising when you see it. But uh, six games unbeaten. Longest losing streak was at three this year. And the longest single season winless streak was just at four. It was nine in 2021. Uh, so as much as we like to talk about the the midseason slump the LA Galaxy went through, at least they didn't have a super long extended uh, you know winless streak um, as, uh, as that sort of goes. No, no, they had eight draws this season. Yes. Five of them came in the last 11 games when they had that streak. Mm-hmm. Um, so you say, okay, they're hot, but they're not winning, mm-hmm. but they're not losing. You and I talked about this off the air one time, and I still I don't think I'm completely satisfied. Why do some teams have a lot of draws and other teams don't? Does that indicate that the teams that have a lot of draws are more conservative and will accept a result rather than pushing for the victory? Does that indicate that they're mediocre and that they can't win and the best they can hope for is a draw um, or that they don't make cataclysmic mistakes in the final minutes and turn a draw into a loss? Do you have any any sense on that? Because I think it's interesting. Some teams will have 8, 10, 12 draws. Like one reason that the Galaxy are in fourth place is because they have more victories than Nashville, but Nashville has way more draws than they do. Right. You no, know, no. I mean, you can see it. Um, I don't know. I never know because certainly if you just look over the history of the LA Galaxy and what teams were good and what teams weren't, you know, it's the, I'll tell you a team 2016 LA galaxy. They were 12, six and 16. <laughs> okay. 16. Um, it was a team that didn't lose. It was a team that, uh, drew a ton of games, but they should have won a bunch of those games and they didn't. Right. And so, um, you can sort of look at, at different teams and how they, how they draw and, and what they play. A lot of times draws mean teams aren't playing well, but the best teams, Whenever they get draws, Kevin, it's usually because they play poorly. It's because they were playing poorly, right? And so, like those those teams in 2011 or 2012, the Galaxy, you knew that if they were going to play bad, uh, they weren't going to lose the game, but they might draw the game, right? It was it well, was and, one of those. And 16 draws tells me that yes, you're one kick away from winning the game, but you're also one kick away from losing. Right. And what happened to that Galaxy team? It lost in the playoffs on penalty kicks because it let Colorado hang around. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can't do that, right? And and so those are all, uh, those are those are sort of the things you pay attention to. Let's get to the bracket itself. Uh, we've talked about the game already, but obviously we want to highlight the bracket now that it is completed, right? So this bracket has been filled out. Uh, we know that the LA Galaxy will host Nashville by way of uh, beating the Houston Dynamo. The LA Galaxy were guaranteed to have a home game. Uh, at one point, it was LA versus Minnesota, uh, in the five, uh, but that didn't happen. Nashville ended up uh, beating LAFC um, on the road. So Nashville gets that point and they put themselves up into uh, fifth place. So it's LA Galaxy hosting Nashville. The Galaxy have only ever played them twice. They're undefeated. They have one win and one draw uh, playing against Nashville. Uh, former uh, Dave Romney on that team. So you're going to look a little bit at that. Super Dave Romney is going to be in there. So that's something to watch. The other games that are going to be played is the three, six Dallas is three, Minnesota is six, and then Austin is two and our, RSL is seven. Here's the stupid, interesting thing about the MLS Cup playoffs this year is that it is a fixed bracket, which means the number one team will play the winner of the four five. All right. Which, by the way, could mean that if the six and the seven win and the six and the seven are going to play in the conference semis, Kevin, that the number one team will not play the seven. They won't play the worst team. They're just going to play a team that is coming out of the four or five. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know how in God's name you could possibly draw up a, a, a bracket like this and be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. You're doing something arbitrarily. 
Um, and I think for no benefit. I don't know that there's any sort of benefit outside of what? What? Is that way that uh, LAFC knows they're going to play either one of the LA Galaxy or Nashville? That's it instead of it possibly being one of four teams? Well, you know, I thought about that. Like maybe, oh, they're thinking about TV or they're thinking about travel. But they can't be because we don't know the teams yet. We don't know. <laughs> right. Is it is it is it Nashville or the Galaxy? We don't know. You know, Nashville was talking yesterday about like, you know, we're going to go home now, but we're coming back to play the Galaxy. And if we win, we're going to play LAFC. We might stay here or we might not. Or, you know, nobody knows anything. If you say it's the winner of 2-7 or the winner of 4-5, I don't think it makes any difference at this right. point. Yeah, I mean, and it should still be if you finish first, you should go after it. You should be put against the team that's the worst. That's your the lowest seed all the way through. If the lowest seed happens to be five, it's five. five lowest right? seed is seven, it's seven. It's seven. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it should be. But anyway, but we know already. See, here's the cool thing. This is one one sort of thing is that as the LA Galaxy, if the LA Galaxy beat Nashville, right? And we know that this game is coming up at 12 p.m. We told you it's a 12.08 p.m. kickoff right now. I kind of expected it to be a bigger lead-in, but apparently it's not. So 12.08 p.m. is your kickoff, right? Uh, We know that if the LA Galaxy win this game, that they will play at LAFC on Thursday. All right. We already know it's on Thursday. Um, that game will be on FS1 and Fox Deportes, right? And that game will kick off at 7 p.m. or at least TV time will start at 7 p.m. on Thursday. So that we can guarantee should the LA Galaxy get through Nashville, they will then play again on Thursday at Bank of California Stadium to play against LAFC one game at a time. But we know because of how the brackets are set up and how the TV scheduling is set up. We already know that the, the day and the time for that game should it happen. So that's well, and the other thing about the Galaxy finishing fourth by the way is when if you okay we're going one game at a time but mm. we're also looking ahead if if the galaxy were to beat lafc they would have a pretty good chance of hosting uh the conference final because let's see um, there are at least three teams below them in the bracket right now yeah so so know, one of those three win so you would look at uh so you look at the teams that are below the la galaxy but in the playoffs in the eastern conference in order to be able to host the final right so you would look at Cincinnati, who finished below the LA Galaxy, you would look at Miami, you would look at Orlando, I believe, are the three teams that should they get to MLS Cup Final and the LA Galaxy get to MLS Cup Final, the LA Galaxy would host. Okay, I think that's... Well, you, a, you're already on that charter. You probably want to go to Montreal, I bet. I, <laughs> I have I have so much stuff going on, like on Thursday night. There's zero chance that like, I, you know, after Thursday and then stuff, I don't even know if I'll be able to go to the playoff game on Thursday night, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. The LA Galaxy have to get past Nashville first, and I think it's going to be a very difficult game to do. But there is a chance the LA Galaxy could host an MLS Cup. It just has to be any of the teams that finish below them in the regular season, right? So I, I, I can't believe you wouldn't go to the LAFC game knowing how much you love the bank. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite. So much fun. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm on babysitting duty. I believe my wife is out of town, so I will be on 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 Jake duty if that's the case. I'll still get to watch the game. I just probably won't be able to go. So that would be... So what's Jake going to be for Halloween? Uh, we, the, you know, that's actually a very good question because we're trying not to. So we asked him and he wanted to be Lightning McQueen for, for Halloween. Okay, oh, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, good very choice. good. Yeah, not a problem. So we bought him the Lightning McQueen that like fits over his you know, head, right? So he walks around in the car. So we're like, good, we're done. And then like school keeps asking him what he's going to be for Halloween and all this stuff. And then he starts telling them like different things. So 
Uh, right now, Jake uh, has a costume that is Mario. He wanted to be Mario, so he's, you know, Super Mario Brothers. He wants to, it's me, Mario. Yeah, so he right now has a Mario costume just in case he changes his mind. And right Why now, couldn't Mario be driving? We thought we the, th- there's the race car. There's apparently an Instagram account who does things where it's like last minute changes to their kids' costumes. Like you know, it's like she said she wanted to be a cat, and then the day of Halloween, she's like, I want to be a ballerina, so she ends up being like a ballerina cat, right? So yeah, I'm just I like it. yeah. So that's what we think we're gonna do. Um, a whole bunch of things. So, yeah, that's where we're at. So. Uh, I think that's it. I think we've sort of covered a bunch of things. I mean, the bottom line is if you are one to believe uh, in the buzz around the league and certainly hearing other people talk about the LA Galaxy and everything are, there is an aura of uh, of of sort of some 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 worry about the LA Galaxy from other teams, right? There is a, this is a different team. Ricky Pouge is a different player. Gaston Brugman is a different guy. The midfield is different. The way the team plays is different. People are worried. Uh, I don't know if Nashville is worried, and I think that Nashville actually stands a really good chance of withstanding the LA Galaxy. But having said that, uh, you know, as of right now, I don't think the LA Galaxy should be worried. They're playing at home against Nashville. Uh, the last time they did that, they beat them one nothing. Remember, it was uh, was it a Dayon Jovalich goal, I believe, that ended up scoring uh, in the, so in the very final minutes. Two games, a total of three goals, and one of them was the Ricky Pooge penalty shot that was awarded only after VAR in the 99th minute. It's not going to be a bushel full of goals. I think, obviously, I after watching Joe Willis last night, it's going to be. I bet you it's one to nothing. I, I will tell you something, and and there's two absolute truths that you know about Major League Soccer. Is one, you cannot win MLS Cup if you don't make the playoffs. So the LA Galaxy are in that, and now the LA Galaxy are just four wins away from host from hoisting their sixth MLS Cup. You don't want to overstate that, but the bottom line is the LA Galaxy are, have just as good a chance as anybody, and in fact, probably better chances than a majority of the teams in the playoffs right now to hoist that cup at the end. Okay, teams with the most penalty kicks this year. The LA Galaxy are number one. Teams with the most penalty kick misses. The LA Galaxy are number one. We knew that. That so, was, we talked about that. But but my point is this Nashville game. I just it's going to be a one goal game if not a draw. Right. That means penalty kicks. Got to get five guys, and then maybe beyond that. Yep. I don't know the Galaxy. I mean, do you have five guys you would pick? That's going to be really interesting on how Greg plays that because he's going to be playing to win, but at the same token, he's going to be having to sub guys that maybe he doesn't want on the field to try to push for the win, but he needs them there for the penalty. I'm thinking of Sasha question. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that needs to be on the field for that penalty kick shootout. Oh, who's, who's your five guys? Chicharito's nowhere coming nowhere near that. And I'm not sure Ricky Pooj is either. Um, and, and Kevin Cabral, uh, he can just go to the locker room. Um, <laughs> Sasha's got to be involved. I think Victor, um, who, who are your guys? Yeah, Bondi, put Bondi. I, Jovalich. Jovalich. Yeah, but yeah, how, you're going to have to get him on. I guess you do bring See, him on gonna in order to win. Sub, yeah. You're going to have to sub him. So that's Does, what I mean. You you're pull going Chicharito for the win. off. Oh, it's going to be. It, yeah, you, it, yeah, don't. Let's, let's don't. Don't do that. There's still a whole week of people panicking I about penalty Costa kicks. In there. Yeah. Costa. Luke Costa, I think, is the best penalty taker right now on the, on the team that's yeah. regularly out there for, for minutes. Um, but he's not going to be in the 90th minute in this game, right? Because he doesn't make it and that And do long. we know. How is Bond? On, I mean, I know he's tried. He's been on the field for penalty kicks, but I don't know. we don't know whether Jonathan Jonathan Klinsman is like is, is like fantastic. And do we have to sub? I don't know Bond out and put Klinsman in because you want him in for the shootout. Maybe his phone just told him. I don't know. I've I've been wanting to get a Jonathan Klinsman Landon Donovan dig tweet reference in yeah. all year, and I decided to, to shoehorn it into here. Um, all right, that's it. 
Let's we're we're li- we're we're leaving it. We are leaving this okay. open. I want people to go away feeling good about the LA Galaxy right now, and then you know we'll scare them on on Thursday night show. That's that's really how it is. Uh, LA Galaxy versus Nashville uh, coming up on Saturday, 12 p.m. is your TV start time. 12:08 p.m. is your kickoff time. Univision and TUDN. Now, before we go, there will be one more thing. Let's do this. Um, by the way, two dollars super super chat from Michael says uh, Cabral is going to be the MVP and lead us to glory. There you go. <laughs> See, um, hey, so if on Saturday if you buy a ticket for the Malia Emma concert, you get to stay for the game. There, I told you. There, I uh, good. I'm glad you put it in there. <laughs> uh, about the TV stuff and, and Univision. Now we had heard that there is a possibility for a local broadcast. I d- I was I was very. It's not going to happen. Uh, sort of right after the game. I'm like, I don't think Spectrum is going to pick it up. Um, I think that there's a better chance of that happening now, but this all comes down to money, right? This is always comes down to money. You know, I don't even know if Spectrum really wanted the LA Galaxy this year, and I don't know if the Galaxy are paying them or the or Spectrum is like getting it for free or whatever they're doing in, in those things. Maybe they Spectrum needed the programming, but bottom line is that I'm not sure Spectrum has the budget, and it, this is this is my suggestion to the LA Galaxy pay the 25000 or $30,000 it costs to produce a game and put it on Spectrum and give Joe and Kobe one more game, give them a playoff game, give a people give people who aren't going to watch it in Spanish, uh, who aren't going to be at the game, give them a chance to watch the game uh, there on LAGalaxy.com or, or, you know, sort of, I guess they won't be able to do that because it's nationally televised, but at least you'll get it on Spectrum. Well, um, and Spectrum, it, it's great Saturday mid-afternoon, early afternoon broadcasting, you know, stuff to put on when everyone's watching college football anyways. And it's only $25,000. So it's only half of what you're going to pay Kevin Cabral to play that game. <laughs> oh, fun. Good times. All right. Anything else you want to talk about or are we done? Can we please be done? Yeah, I want to be Malia, done. Emma's last name. Give it a shot. Not going to say it. All right. <laughs> if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com. Subscribe to that newsletter. He works so hard on it. Even if he doesn't like his lead right now, he will he will eventually fix it and it'll probably be okay by the time you read it tomorrow. Uh, go over to latimes.com to be able to do that. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for the videos, for the podcast. All that fun stuff is right there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. LA Galaxy coming up against Nashville for the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs, the first home playoff game since 2016 for Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box Special Playoff Edition on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.